It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Dolphins fans, and welcome to this Friday, July 23rd, 2021 edition of Locked On Dolphins. I am your host, Kyle Krabs. Managing Editor of USA Today's Dolphins Wire, Director of Scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com, Lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, and your host here on Locked On Dolphins. It is a Friday episode. We're continuing the series that we started yesterday, which was dedicated, as mentioned at the top of the show. My background is in NFL draft scouting. I've been scouting the NFL draft since 2013, so (laughs) heaven help me, almost a decade now, but that has yielded quite a bit of scouting reports on players. And the question was posed to me on this past Tuesday's episode of Power to the Pod. Could you walk through your pre-draft scouting reports on the projected starters for the Miami Dolphins and get into a conversation about who has over and underachieved versus those expectations that you had for them ahead of the NFL draft? So we did yesterday the offensive skill players. was hoping to get the entire offense done, but If you've listened to me on Locked On Dolphins for any amount of time, you know you get me going, especially about the draft, can't shut it down. So we got through skill players, which means today on the show, we're going to be going through the reports of five projected starting offensive linemen for the Dolphins. I am using Michael Dieter for this experience so that I have a report available that I wrote on each of the five projected starters from the Miami Dolphins offensive line exploring what my pre-draft opinions were, what we have seen from these players in the NFL versus what my anticipation was for them as college prospects. Real quick before I get started with left tackle Austin Jackson, a shout out to the Miami Dolphins Reddit. We did an AMA, an Ask Me Anything, yesterday on the Dolphins uh, subreddit and had a really great time. It was on for about an hour and 15 minutes. At 30-something, 40 questions tackled, it's kind of like power to the pod, but in written form instead of audio form. So uh, that community was very welcoming to me. I want to thank everybody who listens to the show, who is a a participant on the Dolphins subreddit for having me. Hope you guys enjoyed. Hope to do one again uh, in the near future. So with that said, formalities out of the way. Let's talk about Austin Jackson and my player report on Austin Jackson ahead of the 2020 NFL Draft. The Dolphins, of course, made Austin Jackson the number 18 overall pick. As a reminder, if you missed yesterday's show, scouting reports at TDN and in my format are broken down 10 position-specific traits with some analysis. We're going to start with pass sets for Austin Jackson. Angular releases out of his stance are a work in progress. He's come too flat or not taken enough depth and mid-set has to adjust his feet, causing compromised base and leaning into rushers. Mobility and athleticism are there for improved drive, and his foot speed is quality to flip and carry when he's forced to run past the peak of the pocket. Length, noticeable length, 
gives him plenty big strike zone to land punches and offset off-field push. His timing is still spotty and too many reps flash hands late on the body, giving up his chest as a result. Has ample ability to stick blocks at full extension and stay attached to the body of defenders once his hands are established. Balance. He's not built top-heavy, but there's times he plays top-heavy. Stemming primarily from killing his feet at first contact, if he's able to maintain his base, he's got good mobility through the lower half to keep his hips set low. His athleticism on the hoof is strong to work on to the second level. Hand technique. Placement is erratic. Too many reps where he's clapping at first contact to catch bodies instead of delivering a stun punch. He'll need to narrow his placement down for better grasp of blocks. That said, he's got really nice snatch technique to floor pass rushers running the arc around the outside. Power at the point of attack. When he's firing off the line of scrimmage, he's got a ton of power, and when he's landing square, he'll blow you away. Applies his power on down blocks, chip blocks, combo blocks, and more. Effective to derail gap shooters. Loads of lower body and hand power at his disposal if he can tighten his technique. Football intelligence. Super raw. His frame is all over the place on many instances, showing inefficient movement patterns. There's so much potential with his mobility and length, and he'll greatly benefit from continued coaching to provide him with more polish. Often gets by with natural ability, not fundamentals. Functional athleticism. Smooth. Seeing him climb up onto the second level is impressive, giving his stature and dense build. He's fairly nimble to redirect or pivot back inside to wall off pass rushers. Really like his foot speed, and he carries himself well. Illustrates good bend through the knees to anchor and coil when taking contact. Anchor ability. Plenty of natural strength through his core and lower half. When he flips into recovery mode, he's prone to letting his frame collapse and turned for narrow angles, opening the door for outside rushers. Secondary recovery is pretty good thanks to his athleticism to reset his feet and drop his hips and drive, or drive back inside. Flexibility. Plenty of mobility throughout his frame. His hip mobility to open out of his stance is effective for clean releases. I like how he coils himself through contact on drive blocks to unload power. No restrictions to open his hips for angular sets. Late anchor and hip drop ability to slam the brakes versus power is present. Competitive toughness. When he's fit on blocks, he can be an absolute brute and maul defenders off the block. Unfortunately, he doesn't carry the same gusto for when looking for work on the backside of plays. His functional strength is very good, although he loses some application due to narrow base and dead feet. At his best trait as functional athleticism, his worst trait as technique the best film I watched for him in college was BYU in 2019, and the worst was the Iowa game, the bowl game in 2019. A.J. Epinesa got the best of him a bunch. Austin Jackson finished my final draft board that year as my number 94 overall prospect, and I would say everything and anything that I have seen to this point from Austin Jackson as a prospect, we have seen in the NFL. The big question is, of course, one-year sample size is not enough to make any firm judgments. How much better will he be in year two after settling in and getting a sampling of NFL play? Up next is Solomon Kinley, who are projecting to be the starting left guard for the Dolphins. Ten traits. Uh, I believe they are all exactly the same, even though this was an interior projection versus an offensive tackle projection, just listed in a different order because of the points of emphasis for each position. Functional athleticism. Greatly struggles to slide, mirror, and move out of the blocks. 
lethargic and will fail to follow up initial contact and stay connected on blocks for extended periods of time. Does not have great range in the open field and will struggle to pick up flow on the second level if his mobility levels don't improve. Football intelligence. There are some technical lapses with his posture and weight distribution that should be easily fixable and would boost his effectiveness in short spaces. I like what he offers in pass protection when he's able to get established in slide or gap protection and out of his blocks clean. Anchor ability, super dense and will do well when he's set up on his hips, capable of eating up power rushes and stonewalling bull rushes. Did well to lock horns with several power rushers throughout the course of the SEC schedule, but when he's forced to counter speed first, he'll struggle to get hands established and reset. Hand technique, he's got effective pop in his hands and will do well once he's set to torque and turn defenders if he's fully framed on his blocks. There's less appeal when he's forced to play away from his frame, can be guilty of lunging and overextending himself recklessly. Balance. When he's not charged with moving targets and allowed to occupy real estate and pass protection, he's difficult to uproot. When he has to work on the second level or play in space, he'll have a hard time to keep himself framed. His feet struggle to keep up with his eyes and with defensive flow. Pass sets. His short sets are effective, and when he's out the blocks, he'll do well to engage the lower half and slam on the brakes. Rushers to attack a gap and possess twitch are able to open his hips early and work back across his frame. Inside counters are an area he'll need to find more persistence to roll with the punches. Flexibility. He's rigid. He does play with width in his base, but that stems more from his actual frame than it does his range of motion through the lower half does not roll his th hips through contact with consistency, and he's fairly static at first contact, can fold at the waist trying to stay engaged, power at the point of attack. If he's matched against more heavy-footed defenders, he's going to have a lot of success to bump bellies and uproot defenders. He's far less efficient to carry momentum beyond immediate vicinity, but there's plenty of pop at first contact, and he's going to win his fair share of gaps. Length. Adequate. He doesn't have a lot of control at the fringes of his wingspan, and his blocking radius is small. He's boosted by having such a big frame, but long-arm defenders can outreach him and get his pads rolled back to generate stalemates. Competitive toughness. He's definitely got the power to be a tone setter, but wherever he lands is going to have to try to focus on milking some more athleticism out of him in order for better results. He's got all the power he'll need, but if you ask him to cut weight, will he be able to maintain that component of his game? Best trait was power at the point of attack. Worst trait was mobility. The best game I had him graded for was Florida 2019. The worst game I had him graded for was LSU 2019. And, of course, he did play that year through a foot injury, which is notable because he out has outplayed my projection. I had him projected as a fringe draftable player, Solomon Kinley. Mid-200s on my big board that year. And again, my big board is not the be-all, end-all, because I'm evaluating for all 32 teams. Solomon playing through the foot injury, I thought he played better in 2020 as a rookie than definitely what I would have expected. But there's two things of note here that I think are important, one of those being positional value and finding guards if you have other dynamics on the offensive line that can be more accentuated points to win in space. There's a lot of teams that find successful guards on day three of the NFL draft. And for Solomon Kinley, the fact that he did play through a foot injury and showed some flashes of that being better in 2020, I think that's a big reason why uh, he was a average 
level starting guard. Now, I think all the issues as far as range and integrity with his base and balance and his blocking radius and getting on the second level or playing out in space and you're watching him trying to get out there on screen passes, like those were all problematic. So can you milk a little bit more functional athleticism out of Solomon Kinley? And if the answer is no, okay, then your center's going to have to be a little bit more of an athlete. You're going to need a more athletic left tackle. You know you've got an athlete at left tackle in Austin Jackson. So I don't think, even though that report was not glowing, that's the, his style of player is clearly what the Dolphins have coveted, right? I do think it's important to note that his role in Miami can continue to be a starter, but if he doesn't show improvement in some of the physical restrictions in his game, it's just a greater point of emphasis that those positions around him are going to have to do some more of the long-reaching work for Solomon Kinley. I'm encouraged. He's He's outperformed my expectations through his first year in the NFL. No doubt about that. Built Bar will always exceed your expectations because Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. These things are delicious with 100% chocolate on all their bars, 10 flavors to choose from, high in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. Whether you're looking for something that can serve as a meal replacement, something post-workout, something throughout the course of the day, a delicious treat, you name it, Built Bar can be it. And right now, you can visit BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and save 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15 to save 15% off your order of the world's most delicious protein bar. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Up next, Michael Dieter. I liked Michael Dieter quite a bit. I had a little player synopsis here before we get into the 10 position-specific traits. Michael Dieter is a scheme-diverse prospect who brings a diverse set of tools to whichever NFL franchise drafts him. He has strong mobility and his playing space allows him to be a lead blocker on the boundary plays and screens. How's that sound as a compliment to Solomon Kinley, by the way? Dieter has the needed anchor and mass to hold his ground in one-on-one situations and has the lateral mobility to be an effective interior pass protector despite a lack of length to consistently land strikes first on defenders. Best game I had for him was Nebraska 2018. His worst film, Ohio State 2017. Functional athleticism was his best trait. Length and extension was his worst trait. Here we go, rolling. Functional athleticism. Ample mobility for a player of his stature. He was listed at 6'6", 321. Free mover with his feet. Has the effective ability to break down in space and square up a block. Good skills as a puller. Can hinge or fold out of a stance clean and generate push with good pad level contacting in space. Football IQ. An experienced starter has been exposed to playing center, tackle, and guard during his time with the Badgers. He's effectively handled each role each season, so will bring quality to a team as an insurance policy for depth, processes twists and stunts effectively. Anchor ability, sneaky anchor, because mobility would have you assuming he's light in the trunk. 
anchor skills are good on the interior. He has been exposed in the past playing a tackle and trying to compensate for speed off the edge. Balanced base that yields consistency and quality anchor. Hand technique. Sticky hands that latch onto the chest of defenders at the second level successfully latches on lateral stretch scenarios and shows good discipline to not work outside the numbers and open himself for holding penalties. Comfortable using one arm to minimize length issues. Balance. Base along the line of scrimmage as a puller and climbing to the second level are strong, doesn't play outside of his means, and hips are capable of dropping to gear down and square up a block. Strong functional strength, provided feet are established on the floor. Pass sets. Much more comfortable on the roll inside versus the 2017 season, which he played at left tackle. Lateral mobility is a key strength, and when not tasked to take vertical steps, shows balance, control, and good cadence with his feet to play with feet anchored on the ground consistently. Flexibility, clean hinges to turn and peel back and pick off a shooting defender off his hip. Pulls are smooth, fluid, and natural. Plays with leverage, not just shooting out of a three-point stance, but also climbing to the second level. Has needed drop and anchor to sit down and hold ground. Power at the point of attack. He's a second-level bully against linebackers. Mobility and light feet allow for notable secondary push as contact and playing through momentum of first strike, capable of yanking defenders out of gaps with his hands and manipulating the point of attack in zone concepts to create a lane. Length and extension. Does not have a great deal of length, the ultimate barrier preventing long-term shot at playing tackle. Length issues do show up against speed, as his awareness and length forces him to compensate and compromise his base, which can negatively impact his balance. Competitive toughness. Attractive blend of physicality, mobility, and blue-collared effort level will uproot and plays through the finish, often carrying defenders into the ground and burying them in the running game, plays with good pop in his hands and necessary functional strength. So he has not performed to my expectations. This was a player that I had as a early-slash-mid-day-two prospect in the 2019 NFL Draft. And, of course, Dieter got drafted in the third round, so the Dolphins saw him similarly from a value perspective. The versatility is huge for him, the fact that he can play All the three interior spots is really going to help him continue to have value. Uh, But the struggles that he had when he started 15 games as a rookie, I think a lot of that had to do with suddenly, you know, he played at Wisconsin, super stable environment, and he goes to Miami where they trade Laramie Tunsil just before the start of the season. Daniel Kilgore at center was one of the weakest links on the offensive line. They were playing musical chairs as as far as who was playing to his left. Dieter was supposed to be the weak link in that chain on the left side of the line. And instead, he was the keystone. He was the only consistent. And I think that paired with, I think his length issues really gave him more trouble in the NFL as far as winning at first contact. And he talked a little bit in the past about his technique and getting better at his technique and becoming more technical as a player Uh, to help him win reps early. I think those two things combined yielded a really underwhelming result for Michael Dieter as a rookie in 2019, playing 15 games, starting 15 games. Of course, uh, we did not see much of Michael Dieter last year. Uh, He did make a brief cameo appearance, and I was encouraged by how he looked. It's just a question of, okay, your shot to play is probably going to be at center. Maybe he gets a competitive look at left guard. Who knows? I wouldn't say the ship has sailed on Michael Dieter, 
from a physical profile perspective and a uh, functional athleticism perspective, he'd be a great fit at center on this offensive line. Can he snap and implement some of the technique? And, and playing at center, the first contact stuff, it, it's you're more going to find yourself in a help role. So I think that's another area of optimism as well. But this is going to be a defining year for Michael Dieter. And this will be the year that helps determine whether or not this was a bust evaluation for me or if the extenuating circumstances of 2019 really amplified some of the struggles that Michael Dieter has had in his transition to the NFL level. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We got two reports left here on this Friday episode of Locked On Dolphins, starting with Robert Hunt. Uh, I was a big fan of Hunt coming out inside my top 100 prospects. Uh, is in the same reign as Austin Jackson, uh, but that was with him evaluated at offensive tackle, uh, knowing full well that I thought his best projection was inside an offensive guard. Uh, so here was the player synopsis. Robert Hum projects as an interior offensive lineman at the NFL level despite his experience playing tackle at Louisiana. Brings terrific power, tenacity, and mobility when projected inside, and he'll be much more protected from some of the foot speed issues and mobility issues that limited him at times as an offensive tackle. Hunt may need an incubation period to adjust as a role working on the interior at the NFL level, but this is a player with starter potential and bruising power to set the tone up front. Power at the point of attack was his best trait. Flexibility was his worst trait. I had his best film down for Georgia Southern, his worst film down for App State. Ray Roll. Here we go. Functional athleticism. He'd be a little too eager in space and would be well served to trust his length a bit more and not chase, but some of the landmarks he hits are pretty nuts on backside cutoff on linebackers on the second level. He's quick out of his stance and moves fairly well, despite not having the most fluid hips. Football intelligence. He's a well-seasoned starter, but there's room to grow, especially considering he's kicking back inside to guard in the NFL where he played early in his career. Needs to make sure he's staying aware to not drift upfield on extended passing plays, chasing after contact. Anchor ability, heavy anchor. He's got a dense frame with a lot of weight distribution below the waist and pairs it with significant core and lower body power to absorb power rushes. He's not going to give up a lot of real estate unless you catch him leaning and can pull him off his spot to uproot his fit. Hand technique, some really nice flashes of punch power and compact hands that pack a wallop. Isn't always consistent with his placement, but he's definitely offering the goods in this department. Seen him knock dudes over with just a stun punch. Ability to yank defenders out of gaps is impressive. Balance. Guilty of letting himself work too far up over top of his toes, but that's a byproduct of being tasked with working in space. Get him in tight quarters on gap run concepts or in a foam booth with a tight end attached on the line of scrimmage, and he's methodical and shows necessary steps to close quarters and stay square, ready to deliver a blow. Pass sets. Figures to be better off inside where he won't be charged with protecting the perimeter. Like his snap out of his stance and figures to project well on 
offensive guard reps. Added bonus of length allows him a large strike zone to eat up upfield charges against his quick sets and allows him to get his feet quickly set. Flexibility. He does have the ability to roll through contact as a drive blocker, and boy does he ever unload on folks. But his lateral hinge and lower half mobility to play with a dynamic base to enable rapid or fluid mirror skills is only modest, and he doesn't have the leg reach and drive catch to take vertical sets as an offensive tackle at the next level with effectiveness. Power at the point of attack. Get out of his way in short yardage and tight spaces. Absolute barroom brawler who has taken terrific power through his frame and trusts his hands to jolt defenders and uproot them at the line of scrimmage. You could run behind him 100 times and get the needed yardage on 95 of them. Love his fit as a right guard and a gap power run heavy offense. I'm going to say that again. I love his fit as a right guard and a gap power run heavy offense. Lovely. Length. Has necessary length to warrant consideration at offensive tackle in a pinch but his extension skills inside enable ability to sustain blocks for longer and create first contact quicker than the average guard. I like his power and control of defenders at full extension as well. Doesn't need to be belly-to-belly to impose his will. Competitive toughness. This dude is nasty. He's constantly escorting defenders out of the frame and playing through the echo of the end of the whistle. Likes to bury guys up front and will ensure he's got a kill by riding guys all the way to the turf. Shows good hustle and willingness to pick up extra work and pass protection. That's Robert Hunt's evaluation. Robert Hunt, for me, uh, this is my favorite evaluation of the guys on the offensive line. Austin Jackson, I feel like, was fairly accurate. Uh, Michael Dieter was ambitious. Solomon Kinley, I undersold. Robert Hunt, I think, is to a T thus far. Uh... Now, ironically enough, you watched Robert Hunt play last year, and you could make a strong case for him to play left tackle, or excuse me, to play right tackle, and to stay at tackle. I think he showed enough there that it warranted consideration, but there's little question, especially in reading my own thoughts on Robert Hunt, that the highest ceiling for him is inside at the offensive guard position. So... I'm excited to see what that looks like. I am expecting the big jump there. And the fact that he was sufficient in pass protection at tackle, you project that at guard, and you've got a really, really exciting potential product for the Dolphins. Our last player on this offensive line is Liam Eikenberg. was drafted 42nd overall by the Dolphins in a trade-up. He was my 44th overall player in the 2021 NFL Draft. Fringe player as far as his traits versus the Dolphins' tendencies on the offensive line, but let's work through this scouting report together and finish this thing strong. Uh, Eichenberg, an NFL-ready offensive tackle who should find assimilating to the pro game fairly straightforward. He is not the most fleet of foot, and speed rushers with wide angles can test him off the edge, but sound fundamentals and footwork should have him positioned to contest such challenges with a fair amount of success. The ceiling for Eichenberg as a prospect is tied to the offensive philosophies of his future coach. He's at his best when releasing vertically at the snap in the run game and either double-teaming to the second level or stepping down to collapse and create a soft edge. Gap power teams will unleash his power at the point of attack effectively, and he'll do well to create creases as guards pull or tight ends insert to lead the ball carrier through his gap. 
In all, Eichenberg is part of a talented crop of 2021 offensive tackles, and his ultimate place in the pecking order will come down to team preferences. He's more impactful in the run game than he is in pass protection, but he was rather smooth protecting one of college football's most unpredictable quarterbacks this past season, too. Best game I had him down for was North Carolina 2020. His worst game I had him down for was Georgia 2019. Balance. Eichenberg does well to avoid overextending himself and offers clean posture over top of his hips when he's disengaged and involved on his pass set. There's a good level of leg activity on drive blocks. As a result, Eichenberg is not prone to falling off of blocks after first contact. He appreciated his calculated approach. He knows his athletic limitations and plays to them. He's not overly dynamic or able to apply force when his balance is tested laterally on outside reps, but he's got enough reach and influence to allow backs to cut off his hip. Pass sets. Pass set mechanics prior to first contact are exactly what you'd expect from a program that's put out really good offensive tackles as of late. Well-developed and clean. There's a consistent base that doesn't narrow or sell his power out to dry. Eichenberg appears smoother in pass protection in 2020 than he was a year prior and added bonus to some of his assets elsewhere at the position. Competitive toughness. Eichenberg is a brute in the run game. If you're keeping score at home, I've used that for three of the five reports. That word, brute. Three of the five reports on the offensive line. His double teams, down blocks, and late anchors and pass pro all ooze a functional strength, which he uses effectively to impose his will. If you play moving forward, you're going to enjoy a lot of room to work off his side in the run game. He'll do well to stay engaged and find work on extended plays too. He saw a ton of them at Notre Dame. Lateral mobility. This is not an area where Eichenberg is going to be able to hang his hat regardless of whether he's working in short spaces or pressing to outside zone. There's not the same level of range and effectiveness when he's looking to reach Bakker, string out a defensive end on the perimeter. He's got the length to stay sticky, but his ability to win on the edge is only modest. In short spaces, Eichenberg does not have the dynamic foot fire to drive and redirect across his momentum, which which makes his clean feet so important. Length. This is definitely an offensive tackle. He's billed as a first-off-the-bus type player and has the prototypical length to play on the outside. His punches land firm, and he's still able to generate loads of power through his hands despite his length. Eichenberg does well to maximize the strike zone on the edge when he's cleanly framed rushers pressing up on his outside shoulder. Football IQ. A three-year starter with the Irish, Eichenberg has logged plenty of experience and continued to develop from a technical standpoint in each of his three seasons on the field. It's encouraging to see him continue to develop and not flatline his development as a talent, although he's close to his ceiling as a player. Eichenberg is savvy against blitzes and stunt game. His lapses in these areas are more so tied to only a modest athletic profile to flash and react. Hand technique. I thought he did well this season to improve strike timing and accuracy to reduce the number of punches that landed outside the numbers of defenders. There's a lot of pop to his hands and he'll consistently create push and rollback pads with his stun, which offers ample room to secure hands and establish a connection to then leverage the gap and manipulate space. He's shown strong ability to transition off a double team to secure a block and subsequently turn a defender to wall off and create a clear gap anchor ability. There can be some irregularities here for Eichenberg against top-tier speed to power rushers as they'll gain at advantageous angles pressing hard upfield and then look to play through him to collapse the pocket. But even when he's stressed here, Eichenberg has typically shown the ability to get the hips dropped and save a little bit of room for his quarterback to climb up into the pocket. Non-dynamic rush threats are not going to threaten him consistently. You'll have to press him from the outside and try and get him to flip and run to maintain outside integrity in order to get him on skates. 
power up the point of attack, vertical releases are his bread and butter. He'll smash four eye and three techniques on down blocks and create a ton of wash and movement to seal the edge and create room to work on power and lead concepts. His double teams climb quickly and spill into the lap of stack linebackers, allowing him to work off the body and reattach hands on a new block. This is his best trait, no questions asked. He's a true asset in the power run game. Last trait, versatility. Eichenberg is a three-year start on the left side of the Irish. There may be some campaigns to push him to the right side in the NFL. He'll need to first prove he has the flexibility and his stance to thrive and play with the same effectiveness on the right side. With his stature and length, he's not a sensible candidate to kick inside and play guard, in my opinion. He may be a left tackle or bust prospect. Interestingly enough, he's going to have to play right tackle. He's playing the blindside protector for Tua Tungvaloa. So that's something to monitor with him. But you can see the theme. You start piecing all the pieces of the puzzle together, and everything makes sense. And I think that's the exciting thing about this offensive line build for the Dolphins is there's no piecemealing players together. Everything is done with a purpose. Whether or not that works or not, well, that's up to the players when they take the field this year. And I, for one, am excited to see it. I'm excited to continue this series on Monday. So make sure you keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and listening. Hope you have a great weekend. Fins up. Enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you again on Monday. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.